Grace and mercy and peace belong to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It seemed so very random and undramatic at the time. Two friends, two friends who like to play Monopoly together. There's Nick, the struggling actor, and John, the struggling musician. They enjoy each other's company and they like Monopoly. So they're playing Monopoly on a regular basis. And one night when they're playing Monopoly, Nick, the struggling actor, as they share their, their war stories about trying to make it in their respective businesses, finally says to John, John, I, I, I think you have, besides being a musician, you have a good knack for acting, I think. I want to introduce you to my agent. No, no, John says, no, I'm, I'm not an actor. I cannot act. No, 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 no. But Nick keeps at him and keeps at him, and finally John agrees to meet Nick's agent. Nick's agent manages to get a role for John. And it goes on from there until John, Johnny Depp, becomes one of the biggest movie stars in Hollywood. In movies like Edward Scissorhands, or he played John Dillinger and filmed that here in Milwaukee, or of course his role as Captain Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean movies. All thanks to a little bit of introductory, non-dramatic help from his friend Nick, Nicolas Cage. It all started so very random and undramatic, and yet from that little meeting and conversation, something very special arose. Which brings us to the Word of God before us. This starts out, too, as rather random and seemingly undramatic. Two friends. There is Philip. Philip is from... Bethsaida on, on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee, and his friend Nathaniel. Nathaniel is from Cana. Cana is a, is a little village west of Bethsaida and a little bit north, a little bit north of a quiet, nondescript town known as Nazareth. Neither of them is a religious leader in their communities. Both, however, both love the Old Testament Scriptures. Love it. And as people who love the Old Testament Scriptures, they know that these Scriptures point ahead to the Messiah, the promised coming Savior from sin. Well, the day comes when Philip approaches Nathanael and he simply tells them, we have found the one. We have found the one Moses and the prophets have written about in, in the Old Testament scriptures. His name is, is Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel's first reaction is Nazareth. See, Nazareth is very close to Cana. Nazareth, tiny, nondescript 
average, unremarkable, low-profile, ordinary, blink-and-you-miss-it Nazareth? What good can come from there? And to that, Philip, no doubt with a smile on his face, simply says, come and see. Okay, so Nathaniel tags along. And as Nathaniel and Philip are, are walking along and starting to get close to Jesus, Jesus says within Nathaniel's hearing, uh, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Well, that rattles Nathaniel just a bit. And so he asks this Jesus of Nazareth, how do you know me? And then Jesus, for the first time, gives an indication that there is something very unusual about him. He tells Nathanael, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree, before Philip called you. And that really resonates with Nathanael because that's exactly where he had been. Before Philip had even found him, he had been sitting underneath a fig tree. And somehow, some way, this Jesus of Nazareth knows all of this. Well, in that moment, God the Holy Spirit used that experience and used Nathaniel's knowledge of the Old Testament Scriptures and used the reality of who Jesus is to move Nathaniel to say to Jesus, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Beautiful expression of faith. And to that Jesus says, Nathaniel, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. And indeed, Nathaniel would as Jesus' disciple over the next three years, Nathaniel would witness Jesus give sight to blind people. He would witness Jesus giving the ability to hear to people who had been born deaf. He would see people who are overcome by all kinds of horrific diseases and the Lord would free him them from them all. He would approach people who were crippled or paralyzed in various parts of their body. And the Lord Jesus, by a miracle, would free them from all of that. He would witness Jesus feed thousands of people with a young man's small lunch. He would see Jesus speak a sharp word to a roiling storm, and that entire storm would instantly become calm. He would see people possessed by demons, possessed by devils, and Jesus, with a word of command, would drive them out. He would even see Jesus raise dead people back to life. But of all the things that Jesus could have mentioned, of all the wondrous signs that Nathaniel was going to see, this is what Jesus describes. 
he says, Nathaniel, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now, when we first read this, we might think, well, that, that seems a little bit obscure to mention to Nathaniel for what he's going to see. But remember, Nathaniel knows his Old Testament scriptures. And he would have understood what Jesus is describing here. Jesus' reference here goes back to the book of Genesis. And it goes back to one of the three patriarchs of God's Old Testament people, Jacob. When Jacob found himself in the middle of nowhere, sleeping by himself during the night, the Lord sent him a dream. And in that dream, there's a grand stairway that links heaven and earth. And on that stairway, angels are ascending and descending. And when he wakes up from this dream, Jacob says, Surely God is in this place. Jesus applies the picture of this staircase to himself. And so with this reference, he's saying, Nathaniel, you will witness God at work. You will witness God with you. You will witness God coming to rescue a world of lost sinners. And that is precisely what God the Son, Jesus Christ, was going to do. God the Son, become a human being, would live a perfect life in the world's place, a world of sinners. And then God the Son, in the person of Jesus, would take upon himself all the wrongs and all the failures, all the sins, all the atrocities, all the transgressions of all people of all time, and take them to the cross. And through his suffering and death, would pay for them in full. And three days later, he would raise himself back to life. And Nathaniel would be there to see it all. Brothers and sisters, perhaps your brushes with Jesus have seemed at times rather random or undramatic or routine. Perhaps it started with a parent talking to you about Jesus or a grandparent or some other family member. Perhaps it was a teacher in our Lutheran elementary school or a Sunday school teacher who came to deepen a little bit your understanding of Jesus. Perhaps your brush with Jesus came through a friend when you ended up sitting down for what turned out to be a, a serious conversation. Or perhaps your brush with Jesus has been through something you heard or something you read, or something you remembered from a long time ago. However, 
these seemingly random brushes with Jesus are not random at all. They are the Lord pursuing you. They are the Lord calling to you. They are the Lord calling to you to come to him with a repentant heart, to trust his gospel promises of forgiveness, calling you to be embraced by him, calling upon you to be assured by him that in Jesus you are exactly where you need to be. And when you follow him as a fruit of your faith, follow him as Nathaniel did, you too will see God at work. You will see God calling souls out of darkness. You will see God sheltering individuals through violent storms. You will see God empowering you and others by his Spirit to shine the light of Jesus exactly where that light needs to shine. And why? Because by the grace of God, you and I can say with Philip, we have found the one and his name is Jesus. Random brushes with Jesus, they are not random at all. Amen. And may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Jesus. Amen.